Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas. Welcome to episode 70. We're going to give you some things to do at White Sands National Park and the area. First, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at The Feolas. You can get the show notes for this episode, thefeolas.com slash 70. Slash. Slash. Give us a call at 810-373-2020. Leave us a question and we'll play it on the podcast. Or if you don't want it, say it on the note. (laughs) Just let us know and we will answer your question but not play your question. All right. Today we're going to give you a quick update after we left Tombstone, tell you about all we've been up to, and White Sands National Park. After leaving Tombstone, which you can hear all about our Tombstone adventures in episode 69, we also did a full guide like a very in-depth guide of our tombstone adventures it's two different posts so you can find both those on our blog i'll link them in the show notes of this episode after we left tombstone we headed east towards new mexico with plans to boondock and explore a little bit more in arizona but we didn't end up doing it no i had plans to go from tombstone over to chiricahua national monument It's something that I just kind of happened upon online, and it looked super cool. So I made plans, or I didn't make plans, but I did a little looking on Campendium and stuff, and I found a couple different boondocking spots that looked good. But when we got there, it was a bust. Yeah, they were wet. It was just mud everywhere. (laughs) It actually, the road in got so bad. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We actually um, had river crossings. In our RV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the way there. And he was like, okay, this is what it feels like. (laughs) To Betty, to old Betty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we had the RV and Jeep hooked up, and we were going down. It's actually Highway 191. But as you go in that stretch, there's a bunch of crossings that, you know, have the sign, you know, be careful if there's water on the road, blah, 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 because it crosses over there. I think we must have done about what? Nine, ten. ten. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it. So that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But then when we got up to the National Forest area where we were going to boondock, we actually got about two miles in with the Jeep and RV connected. I actually unhooked the Jeep to go scout ahead because we came to this giant puddle. And I Hell didn't yeah. want to drive the RV through it without actually checking it out first. So I unhooked. I drove through it. It was not very deep. It was just covered the you entire flew road. Through it. Well, not the first time. <laughs> On the way into the National Forest, I didn't. I just drove through just to check it out. And then I drove about two more miles into the National Forest where and I couldn't even get to where our boondocking spot would have been uh, before the Jeep was just completely covered with mud. However, if it was a dry time, would it be a good boondocking spot? Did you actually get back there? I Did didn't you drive get to oh, an actual spot. It. No. You should have. You should have continued just to see if it'd be worth it a different time. Once I hit that area, that mud, I just, you know, I turned around. I was like, um, there's no chance of me even getting back here with the RV, so I'm not going to worry. And what I think happened was they had recently had a bunch of snow, and I think it was starting to melt off, and that's what all that runoff was from, and water just created havoc there. So I turned around, came back to the RV to break the news that we were not going to be boondocking there and we were not going to be checking out the National Monument, even though it looked so cool. On the way back, he we saw him like come over the hill with empty and it was like he was like flying down the dirt road <laughs> and he he flew through the giant mud puddle and it sprayed mud probably like 10 feet in the air. That was higher than that. <laughs> yeah, because was... I was going about 40. <laughs> More than 40. It flew everywhere, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So then we drove the RV, and we hooked the Jeep back up, and we drove the RV into the 
Park Monument. Yeah, National Monument, Park, yeah. whatever. Because it supposedly has hoodoos? Kind of. Like, it has pretty unique rock formations for that area. Mm-hmm. So they kind of look like a little bit of like a Bryce Canyon-ish look. Yeah, it would have been nice to see it. I'm a yeah. little bummed. So we added it to our book, and we'll check it out a different time. It does look very scenic, though, through there. It's not our, oh, that's, I don't think we mentioned, it's actually not RV friendly in there. So you can't go back there. We were able to, I mean, it says you can't even go past the visitor center. We shouldn't have even went to the visitor center. We barely made it out of there. We actually had to unhook our Jeep. If you're taking an RV in there, um, there is a length restriction of 24 feet. And that's beyond the visitor center. So we, we were able to park there. In the really the only spot of the visitor center that we could park because their parking lot is very tiny as well. Yes. And they were super busy that day. Yep. So that's another time I had to unhook the Jeep, turn the (laughs) RV around, and then hook back up. I think that day I actually had to unhook the Jeep and hook it back up, I think five different times. Yeah, I think at a gas station too, right? Yes. Because the gas station that we went to, I had to go there because the gas was so much cheaper than everywhere else. So I'm like, well, we need to fill up, so I'm going to do it. Then we had to wait. But anyways, that was like a record for us for disconnecting and connecting. Yeah. And also, right, we were driving in the RV, and Mom said, look for some animals. And I was looking out the window, and I I instantly, I saw two different animals in a row. I saw a few deer. I was like, deer. Yeah. And then some wild turkey. A couple minutes later, I was like, Wild turkeys! Yeah, right is, on the same road. And is that the place that I said we probably won't see anything here? I think yeah. so. And then, like, yeah. right after I said it, I was like, deer! <laughs> and then I was like, wild turkey! Yeah, that was funny. But that looks like it'll be a really cool spot. So we got, we got hooked around, we, tur- we unhooked, we turned around, we hooked back up, and we drove out of there. And then the problem was we had planned on stopping there. Um, but now we had to drive all the way to our White Sands National Park boondocking spot, which was quite a long drive for us. Yeah, so once we got into some signal, because there's no signal out there at the Chiricahua area, um, we were getting towards Wilcox, Arizona, and I actually found, I guess, a popular boondocking spot right outside of the town there. So we ended up staying the night there. Instead of driving the four or maybe six hours that it would have taken to go to right to White Sands, so we actually had one night overnight there at the lagoon area. And that was really cool for birds. If you want a bird, if you want to do some birding, yeah, that is a great spot. They had um, probably about 700 sandhill cranes yeah. there. So yeah. And they very were very vocal. Yeah. <laughs> the day we got there, Kylie and I played outside and saw a whole bunch of birds. And we saw two flocks in a V-shape. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, I was, like, sitting over. on the ground with Lexi playing, and I made, like, super loud, like, duck noise, <laughs> like they were making, but it didn't, it didn't sound very good. <laughs> and I think I might have scared them because they split up. <laughs> you guys also were spending um, a ton of time chasing each other around with your guns. We just left two yeah. stone, and <laughs> it was still in your blood. <laughs> yeah, I ha- I got a gun from Doomstone, and Lexi already had a gun from her birthday. Yeah, I looked out the window at one point, and I saw the kids chasing each other around, and Kylie got a, what is it, a cap gun? Yeah. I could hear the little caps. <laughs> yeah, you can hear them outside popping. Yeah, so funny. It was funny. So, yeah, we stayed there for one night. We just kind of pulled off to the side. I don't think we unhooked. Nope, I never even unhooked. <laughs> I just stayed, the Jeep stayed hooked up. We put down the jacks and put out the slides, and... Yeah, I worked a little tiny bit in the morning, and then I said I'm calling in because it's it smelled really bad there. I think there was like some skunks or something nearby. Oh, that we did have like that day we had like a skunk smell. Yeah, so I was like, we just got to go. So, anyways, we drove the rest of the way to White Sands, which was very uneventful. It wasn't um, anything to anything dangerous or scary. Yeah, um, most of the way there were there was a few spots along the way that we could have maybe stayed as like a decent boondocking spot but once we got so far in we were just like let's just go all the way the drive from the west to the east towards white sands turned out to be very pretty like once you're coming towards las cruces you're kind of like high up and you you can see all over the whole town mm-hmm. it was really cool and then you gotta go to, you go past the oregon mountains which are very scenic 
Las Cruces is 52 miles from our what from White Sands National Park. Yeah, once we, we got we once we hit Las Cruces, it was another 52 miles to our boondocking spot. And let's talk about our boondocking spot. This spot is really really cool if you're going to White Sands National Park. It's about 5 minutes away, so it's very perfect yep. for that location. It's um right on some water, but it's not swimming water. Yeah, it's not safe for drinking or it says don't let your dog swim in it or don't get in the water or anything. There were major dust storms here though. Like major <laughs> dust storms. Yeah, not just like one or two, but I think a daily dust storm. Yes, and multiple times throughout the day. One day it was so bad we couldn't even see out our door. Tony wasn't here that day. Um, a different day that Tony was there, there were so many dust storms that day, we couldn't even have the windows open. And it was kind of like a warm day. Yeah. So we ended up actually turning the air on that day. But five minutes from the park, you can't beat that. So yeah. Totally yeah. worth it. It's a very busy area. However, you should be able to find a spot because people just go wherever. And you can go quite a ways out there. Um, so you should you should be able to find a spot, even though it is very popular. Yeah, we, were, we actually pulled in, kind of took one of the spots towards the back or the end whatever you want to call it and it wasn't that great of a spot it was like just big enough for us to fit and then the next day we moved to a different somebody spot. else left and we took the spot because it was bigger mm -hmm. and we have some tips on boondocking we have boondocking etiquette podcast uh episode 42 and then we have a podcast for beginners boondocking episode 55 if yep. you're interested in that kind of stuff so what's really cool about this spot? What I think is cool about yeah, it. <laughs> is it's right near an Air Force base that actually, um, because of the Air Force base, which is part of White Sands National Park, it's like a whole section of it. It's called I, the White Sands Missile Range. Yeah, they actually shut down White Sands National Park for certain times, yep. apparently weekly or frequently, we should yep. say. It did happen one of the days we were there. Um, it also shuts down the road sometimes. Yeah, the it, main road that, that the White Sands is on and our boondocking spot is Highway 70. And there's different sections that they can shut down. So if they're shutting down the road, do they shut that gate so we have to stay in our spot? Possibly. Yeah, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Either way, um, we were actually at our house during that time, so we were okay. But we did hear lots of different... Sonic booms and oh, yeah. noises. That's, it's a very active Air Force base. It's Holloman Air Force Base. There are a ton of jets. Um, it's mostly during the week. I only maybe heard a couple during the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So Monday through Friday, uh, expect it to be loud with jet noises. We saw Sonic a drone. Booms. Yeah, we had drones flying around, like uh, not Predator drones, but the Reaper drones. We have a picture of one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll share it in show notes. I had to Google to see if we could share uh, <laughs> pictures of drones because it's a really good photo. Like, you can see everything on it. I was like, I don't know if we should share this. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, like, the sonic booms are pretty crazy. They're loud, and they shook the entire RV. Yeah. yeah a couple of the times Tony wasn't there, like, the first few, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Luckily, I knew the airbase was right there, so I knew it was connected to that, or I probably would have been freaking out because it was so loud, and the... I like feel the, like the RV shook. Yeah. I don't know if it actually did, but it felt like it did. <laughs> we thought that they were dropping bombs. Yeah. Yeah, the first time we heard it, we're like, whoa, are they bombing over there in the missile range or something? But it turns out they don't really do that. They test missiles and stuff, but they don't do, like, explosives. But the jets frequently... Yeah, I was driving one time, and I heard it, and then you guys called me about 30 seconds later yes. and said that it happened. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, you heard it all yeah, the way I, there? I heard it in the Jeep, yeah. Yeah. We also got to see a ton of jets taking off, and, you know, Tony's trying to do school with the kids, and he had to keep getting up like, and going outside <laughs> like and taking photos. It's because they make us, uh, like, they take off right, you know, maybe a mile away. You can hear them taking off, and then they fly right overhead. And at night, you can see them with, like, the afterburners lit up, and it's so cool. When you're staying in that area... There are some, like, local attractions. Like, Alamogordo is the closest town. It's about 15 miles. And they pretty much have everything. That's where we would get our groceries, gas. They have dump stations. There's a couple of free dump stations, or actually a few. At least two of them are free with, like, a donation box. One of them is at the Chamber of Commerce, which we used. One of them is at the fairgrounds, which we didn't. Um, neither of those places have fresh water to get, though. They just actually, have, like, rinse water. 
It has water, right? But it's too close. No, that's a different oh, place. Oh, okay. And then the third place is at a gas station on the north end of town, the Texaco station. And that one does have potable water. So. But it's right next to the... We didn't use that water hookup. We asked if we could use a different one because they have a couple right at the building. And they said it was fine. So we used the ones that nobody could rinse their sewer with. <laughs> so, And you'll hear that in our etiquette, <laughs> our etiquette yep. podcast, our warnings um, for that. They also have a gas station, though. They have plenty of stuff in there. That's where Tony bought the sleds, which we'll yeah, talk about like, later. Yeah, sporting goods stores, everything. Yeah. Home Depot. I had to go to Home Depot once. If you're in need of, like, a big city, El Paso is about 82 miles away. Okay. And there's a couple different ways you can get there. And then another cool little town that we checked out was Cloudcroft. That's about 30 miles away from where we were staying. Cloudcroft is a little tiny mountain town. It's in the forest on top of a mountain. Yeah, it's cool. We love our mountain towns. Yes. <laughs> Cloudcroft also sounds like a Minecraft name. <laughs> it does, too. And uh, we were actually supposed to go to a uh, uh, St. Paddy's Day parade there. They had it, They were going to have it the day after. It was a Saturday. But they had to cancel it because it was so cold and snowy there. But we went up there a couple different times, and there was so much snow, like on the mountainside and everything. Yeah. One of the times we went up to Cloudcroft, we went to the brewery there, and we ordered a pizza. They have like Good wood-fired pizzas. Mm-hmm. On the way up, it's um a, like a mountainy drive. Um, it's not too bad, but you are driving up for quite a few miles. I want to say it's a it's it's like sixteen miles of uh incline. Yeah, and on that you'll see off to the right. There's like a train trestle type thing. Yeah, there's actually a pull off for it. Yep, it's called the Mexican Canyon Railroad Trestle. It's like an old, you know. Because it's probably like an old mining town or whatever with the ruins of uh, train tracks. But it's cool. It's like a big curved, I think it's wooden train trestle there. But they have an overlook for it. I think there's a hike around there too somewhere. But I'm not sure where. But I think there is a hike around that area. Yeah, I believe there's actually two different viewing sections to that. And then we mapped three trails in that area, which is really cool. Uh, So I will link. We're going to talk about them here. I will link them in the show notes. They are on Trails Off-Road, and you do need to have an account to yeah, see them. Yeah, they're, because they're um, for all access members. Yep. So we'll link it. We do have um, a like a link that you can click and get a, or sign up for a free account if you're interested in doing that. It does give us a little bit of extra money that we can use uh, for more trails and more Jeep trails if you sign up. Yeah, we could always use a gas money for trails yeah definitely <laughs> but we went on three we did three different trails mapped all three of them uh the, and they're all in like the lincoln national forest yeah and that's all in like the uh they call it the sacramento mountain range which is weird to me why do they call it that i don't know <laughs> and it's really pretty up there yes you have trees in the desert. Yeah, big trees. Which is so cool. <laughs> and so, it's no well, longer the, the desert, actually. That's the thing. Yeah, we go from where our boondocking spot and White Sands National Park is. It's like the desert. Sand, dunes. Yeah. And then you drive for a half hour and you're in the forest. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. There's you're in a mountain. You're like, how did we just go from a desert to snowy mountain? And it smells good. It smells yep. like the pine. It's really cool. And there's a bunch of cool little mountain houses that are, like, on the side of the mountain. So the first trail we did, we named it Silver Spring, and it's about 12 miles long with an 8,700-foot elevation. Yep. Highest elevation. Yeah, the highest elevation we got up to. And I guess what we we still gained, we went from around 6,600 feet in Cloudcroft up to 8,700 feet. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice elevation gain, and you, the temperature definitely proved that. Yeah, definitely. What is the elevation at White Sands? 4,000 maybe. Oh, okay. Four, four something. There was tons of snow. There was tons of snow on the trail itself. Uh, it was yeah, and we did of, that. We, was... we did it, what, when did we start it? Like the mid-afternoon? Because it was right mm-hmm. after lunchtime, because that's why we got the pizza. Dusk. yeah. And then um, after we got through most of the trail, most of it's super easy. And, you know, depending on the time of year, we hit a little bit of snow on the trail, a little bit of ice, a little bit of mud. But by the time we were almost done with the trail, we had a pretty cool surprise. Wild horses. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I'm like, 
we're coming up kind of over a hill and they could see something off in the distance and it wasn't dark or it was barely dusk. And I'm like, there's some animals up there. What are they? I thought there might've been cows because mm-hmm. there's like open range all over the place. As we got closer, sure enough, they were horses. And then right after that, we saw elk. Yep. <laughs> Which is super cool. They look like little ponies. The horses were really cool though. We did not, we couldn't believe they were wild, but we ended up seeing them multiple different spots. Yep. And multiple different times. And when you yeah. look it up, you can look up like um, a feral horses of Lincoln National Forest or something like that. Yeah. So that was a pleasant surprise. That was pretty cool. It's always cool to see horses no matter what. But And then as we, right after we saw those, we're driving along and it's starting to get darker. And then all of a sudden Kylie from the back seat, she's like, elk. Yeah, she yelled it so loud. We and then jumped. dad was like, <laughs> like yeah. we're all like, like yelling. It was funny. So what was so funny about that is we normally would not act so crazy when we see wildlife. However, we haven't seen elk since Great Sand Dunes in Colorado. So it's been a long time since we've seen big game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> other than like jackrabbits and tarantulas. Mule deer. Yeah. Because yeah. so Kylie's like, I don't even know. Have we seen mule deer really, even? No. I don't think we've much... even seen deer. Yeah. Like it's been. Yeah. It was last year. Yeah. And so Kylie's like, elk. Like super loud. We and everyone's like yelling and everyone's screaming and jumping out of their seats. And Freya barks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. And the next day we decided to go back and do a couple more trails. There's a lot of trails in that area and there's a lot of like offshoots. So you could spend a lot of time exploring all these so we ended up doing two of them um next one we did was three mile canyon that was about a 10 mile trail still got up over eight thousand feet elevation that was nice these are all really super simple trails nothing hard on them i mean the hardest part was maybe a little bit of weather there were a couple spots that there was a lot of ruts so i guess if it did have snow or rain there would probably be some mud holes and once you get further in, it's less of a road and more of a trail, like a two-track mm-hmm. for a part of it. And then Car Gap Canyon is the last one we did, which is about 14 miles, 7,800 7, feet elevation. This is like a road. Yep. Like a gravel road. It's super pretty, though, because yeah. you're way up. You're kind of like on a shelf road the whole way. Kind of wide, but still yeah. pretty. Overlooking like uh, valleys a lot. So all three of those trails are really fun. They'll be all linked in the show notes. Again, you probably won't be able to see them unless you already have a Trails Off-Road account or you sign up with our link and get a free account. Um, You do need a paid account to see the trails, though. Yep. All right, let's talk about White Sands. I was thoroughly impressed with White Sands. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, the White Sand is actually called gypsum. Yeah, it's not quartz. Yeah, like your regular sand dune sand. This one is, it's totally white. Like, when you're driving through it, you're going to feel like you're, it's all snow. It does. Like, if you take pictures and share, if you were to share these pictures with somebody that didn't know you went there, they might think you're in somewhere where there was snow. Oh, yeah. Did you guys go sledding in that wonderful, beautiful, shiny snow? Yeah, and barefoot shorts and a tank top. (laughs) It is the world's largest gypsum dune field. At 275 square miles. And it's awesome. Yes. The types of animals that you could see here, nothing crazy except for maybe like a bobcat or coyote. Or some lizards that are white. Or a darkling beetle. <laughs> so And so there are some special species that live here. Like lizards and moths. And stuff. Yep. And what happened? So first is the dark lizards, and then each generation goes down and down, and then each generation is lighter and lighter. They get lighter. So the darker ones were what? So the darker lizards came, and the predators ate the darker lizards. So as each generation went on, the lighter ones survived, so they kept getting lighter and lighter. So what happens is the lighter ones are left alive, and they're the ones that reproduce. Yeah. So Like a couple lighter ones mate and then have babies yes and then those are going to be light because both their mom and dad are light yeah and then every time the baby has babies it's weird to say um each time they have babies it gets lighter and lighter to match the sand dunes and so that is how the white lizard came to white sands national park (laughs) (laughs) 
The other thing you can find here is some badgers, mice, jackrabbits, foxes, coyotes, bobcats, kangaroo rats, and bats. And then plants. We're not going to get into all the details. I mean, there's just the normal plants that you would see in the desert or in sand dunes. But there's some really neat things that happen to a couple of the plants here, and I thought it'd be cool to talk about them. One of them is the plant pedestal. So what happens is the plant grows in the sand because there's like some, there's like three feet of water underneath the sand. Yeah, it's actually the water table is very shallow there. So in certain spots, you can dig down just a foot or two and actually hit water. Yeah, There's water underneath, and that's how the plants grow, and there's lots of sun. There's no trees. <laughs> and they, so they grow, and then over time, the sand moves away, and the sand that's, like, holding that the... The roots. The roots of the plant. It's almost shaped as a cup, like it hardens around the roots. Yep. And it's like a pedestal. So it hardens, and then the sand around it goes away, so it's like a plant pedestal. Yeah. And Perfect. That actually happens, I just found this out, because the roots go down into the water, bring up the water, and some of the water comes out of the roots and it's goes absorbed. into the sand, yeah. absorbed into the sand around and it. And hardens it? Yeah, it hardens it to make it a pedestal. And another cool plant is called the soap tree yucca plant. And it's just like a yucca plant, but it gets real it grows really tall because some of the sand gets over the plant. Yep. So it'll grow really tall. The sand covers the plant and it it grows taller and taller, and then as the sand moves because dunes move, as the dune moves, what happens? Yeah, it gets yeah. too tall, so it will die. And it falls over. Good job. Well, that was the two two plant strategies that I wanted to talk about. The kids knew both of them. I <laughs> yep. didn't get to tell you about any of them, so there you go. <laughs> the other great thing, we've already mentioned this, but it is five minutes from boondocking, which is great. But if you're not boondocking, is there any RV campgrounds around that you know of? There's a few in Alamogordo. And, and I think there's a hotel. Yep. So Yeah, there's lodging and RV parks and stuff. There's a KOA right in Alamogordo. So. Yep. The park closes at nighttime, 8 p.m. when we were there, but I'm sure that time changes depending yeah, when on we're, when you're there. When we were there, we asked a ranger. Um, Mom wasn't with us. Um, but we asked a ranger about, like, if Dad could come in and take some nighttime photos of the sky. We asked her, and she said that this month they close at, like, 8 o'clock. But, but then the next month, so April, they'll be doing mid. They'll go until they'll close at midnight. I think the reason why this park closes is because it can get so dark, and they don't want you wandering into a sand dune because you literally could get lost. Because it's not like a trail in the woods where you know you have the trail out. This is your you're just walking in sand dunes and if you get kind of far out you could easily lose where you're at your direction yeah then they might test a missile on you yeah that too yeah that's probably another reason why they have to yeah, close too surrounded is, by the missile range they don't so. want you trying to like creep on over there and they keep all that stuff locked down pretty good some things that you should bring or know before going to the park you need sunglasses for sure i am not a big sunglass person i wear them sometimes but I don't normally need them. And the very first day we went into the park, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need my sunglasses. Yeah, it was a very sunny day. (laughs) Yeah. The reason you need sunglasses is because the sand is white, so the sun reflects off of the sand. Yeah, directly into your eye. Yeah, Kylie (laughs) has very sensitive eyes, and it was was And also, not just your eyeball, your entire body. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get sunburned. So long sleeves and long pants. Yes, definitely. Even if it's a hot day. Or sunscreen. And also bring lots of water. There are signs all over. Actually, once you get past the visitor center, making your way into the park, there is a big sign that says, "If you like something like, if you don't have water, turn around and go get it from the visitor center because there's no water available out in the dunes area. Another thing to keep an eye on when you're at White Sands is the weather because it can it's extreme. be... extreme. Yeah, it can be extreme heat, extreme cold at some points. They can be very windy and you can get... Wind burnt, sandblasted. The next thing to remember is the gypsum is very, very fine, and it will be everywhere, inside your Jeep, inside your clothes, inside your pants, 
Yeah, it's like a powder. Your kids will come home, take them off in their hallway, and leave a pile <laughs> in your hallway of sand. Yep. So <laughs> just know that before. Expected. Yeah, it'll be everywhere. And also, it's kind of hard to climb up. I mean, it's like any dune where it's really hard to climb up. <laughs> the next thing you want to do is make sure you check the website before you go because the park does close. I think we mentioned this earlier because of the missile launch thing. Yeah, the missile thing. range test. <laughs> so you don't want to go on a day that the park is going to be closed. They only close for a couple hours, though. They don't close for the whole day. Um, so maybe you could go get lunch while it's closed yep. <laughs> and then come back. It's a $25 entry fee for seven days, unless you have the annual pass. It is a very, very busy park. It's popular. Of, of course, we were there during spring break, so that could possibly have had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it's very busy, and I think it's because you can go sledding there. So probably people from town come in and go sledding with their family, you know, their kids. Especially when the weather's not too bad. Like when we were there, most of the days the weather was pretty fair, like maybe mm-hmm. 70s. It was busy the entire time we were there. Yeah. Later, we'll get into more detail about how the park is laid out, but really there's only one major road, and it's not that big of a park. It's actually pretty small, and so you have this one road, loops around, comes back out, and so there's not a lot of room for people, and so I think that's why you see it may not be as busy as something like Rocky Mountain National Park, but it doesn't spread out as much. Well, that's the thing, yeah, Um, because you're limited to the one main road, there's popular spots, especially mm-hmm. if people go into sled. There's like really good hills that become crowded. Yeah, you have a ton of people like speckled all over. So to get like the good non-touched, non-touched hills, you got to walk out a little ways. My favorite part about this park is it's pet friendly. <laughs> this is probably Freya's first time being in a sand dune. She's been in sand. We took her to the beach, but. No, she played. She was. She went to Great Sand Dune. Remember, she dug a hole, broke her collar, all that stuff. <laughs> Escaped, and she was like, "Do do 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 do," right by us. Yeah. So we're like, oh, "We're taking yeah, your that. Halloween pictures." <laughs> the only thing I would be concerned about is making sure they have enough water. Make sure the sand is cool. The whole the the entire time we were there, the sand was cooler than the air. But I would just make sure in like a hot day or in the middle of summer or whatever, whenever you're here, just make sure that your dog is not walking on hot sand. Yep. And another thing, this sand is kind of different because on top of the sand dunes, it's like flat and hard. It's easier to walk on top. Yeah, it's some hard spots to go are up. hardened. Yeah. It's hard to go up the hills, obviously. But on top, it's packed. Almost like a crust on some yeah. parts. And like I, I think was... that has something to do with um, when it gets wet, mm-hmm. it actually um, starts to crystallize again mm-hmm. or something. We should have grabbed some of it and like tested it in water at home. Yeah, we should have taken a bucket home. <laughs> no, not a bucket, <laughs> but just taken a little bit just to see the crystals. See if you know, like when it dried. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're not probably still to. have some in my shoes. Yeah, I know we're not supposed to do that, but I'm sure there's some in our shoes or something that we could see. But I, uh, on our Jeep trail, we saw actually a chunk of gypsum, and now I have it wrapped up. Oh, yeah, we could probably chip that up. <laughs> but we took that because we were able to. It was not the national park. Right. <laughs> Don't okay. tell on us. Anyways, you do need to make sure they're on a leash at all times, obviously, and make sure they're not, like, being obnoxious or hurting other people. And clean up after them. Oh, yeah, of course. They also have some night programs. If you look at the website, and I'll link it in the show notes, but they have some full moon night programs that I think looked really cool. They didn't have one going when we were there. I think there was one the day we got there, but we didn't know. Yeah, it was um, before we even checked it out. Yeah, but they do have extended hours during that time. They have, like, full moon hikes, which sound really cool. Yeah, out there it would probably be really cool with the white sand and everything. Yeah, so I would definitely check out the full moon night programs and see if you can show up during one of those because that would be really cool to experience. All right, let's talk about the visitor center. This is a small visitor center. It's actually split in two, so there's the those. I would say the National Park Ranger Station on the one side. That one has like the Ranger store, like you yep, would a lot see at books. Yeah, you see at normal national parks, and then you also have like the uh, things, the educational stuff that you can walk around and read. And the movie is also over there. Yep, they have a movie about the uh, whole White Sands area, how it was formed, and all that stuff. 
And it's a very busy movie, so they have them every 30 minutes. And there were a couple people that said they had to come back because it was so busy. So Yeah, was, def- was it about a 15-minute movie? Yeah, I think so, about there. Um, they also have the rangers on that side. So you can talk to the rangers, get any information, get your junior ranger stuff, all of that. Then the other, like you walk across and there's another store across that's like kind of a gift shop. And over there they have the sleds that you can rent or buy or whatever. We actually already had one. They also have a ton of um, like more um, gift shoppy type like gifts. Yeah, they have like a, there was a lot of glass souvenirs and yeah. stuff like that. And they had a lot of, so bef- actually before you buy a souvenir from the National Park Ranger side, Go over and look at the other one because they do have different shirts and they do have different stickers and patches and magnets and all that stuff. I so. would almost recommend getting your souvenirs from the other side. The ranger side, norm, you get the same gifts at every single ranger station. So if you've ever bought like a sticker, it's going to look the exact same at every, I mean, just has the different national park on it pretty much. Yep. Um, where the other side was different, unique stuff. So I would check out the other side for sure. For and there's also some... There's also some sleds on that side. Yeah, they have at the gift shop side, they have snacks and drinks and stuff like that. They have, like, in the, when you first walk into the visitor center, there's this giant sloth with human footprints. And so the human was either, like, hunting the sloth or the sloth was hunting the human. Either way, there is a story there. You can read that. This podcast is getting very long, and so I'm not going to get into detail about it, but it is really, really cool. So I'm going to link the story in the show notes, but just recently they actually found human footprints that actually date back farther than they've ever found in North America. Wasn't it like 25,000 years or something like that? I don't know the exact stuff and I don't want to mess up the story and it's a long story. So I'm going to put, I'm just going to link it. The only cool part about it is they can actually see that the womb, it's a woman and she's holding a kid because you can see her weight shifting from side to side where she's, like, moving the kid from side to side. And then at one point she, like, sits the kid down and, like, walks next to her. And I just think that's so cool because, like, every mom or dad knows, like, when you're carrying your kid that's, like, carry me. And then, like, you're carrying him on one side to the other side and then puts it down. But I don't know all the details of the story, but I think that they were trying to escape possibly a giant sloth, actually. And um, the the mom takes the kid somewhere, leaves the kid, and then it shows the mom's footprints coming back. So without we, the kid. Yeah, without the kid. So we don't know the story. I hope that the kid survives. Maybe it ate the kid. And so we were sitting here, like, wondering what, what was happening. And Lexi, I think, or I don't know if it was Lexi or Kylie, but they're like, maybe they were taking him to his grandparents. <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe she's going to go drop him off at the grandparents' At the house. sitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she, she could go, go hunt some ground sloth. <laughs> yeah. Mammoth. So that was really cool. You can also find, or they've also found, um, mammoth footprints in the area. Um, saber-toothed Possibly saber tooth. yeah. Yep. American lions, ancient camels. Dire wolves. Yeah. And the, the giant sloth, just so you know, is called the Harlan's giant sloth did you look that up i'm not sure if i you were right on that you were right i told tony i was like okay i was like i don't know that's actually what it's called i said it and tony's like i thought it was called the giant sloth and i'm like no it's called the harlan and kylie said this (laughs) i didn't believe her so the big win here or the big get what i don't know what i want to say the big thing it's not a waterfall it's uh sledding yeah, and it's not like um, we were watching people at Great Sand Dunes try to sled, and it just looked like a big downer. Nobody was having a good luck doing it. Yeah, but like, it, they went to steep hills, and we watched them, and, and Dad was like, watch, everybody. <laughs> and then they went down, and they, they go got like a foot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why when we were there, we didn't buy a sled or rent a sled because it didn't look like any fun. But here, that's like the thing that you do. Yeah, you everyone go does here. it, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, a lot, so, Great Sand Dunes, not a lot of people are doing it. I mean, a lot of people are doing it. But here, everyone's yeah, doing like, it. Yeah, almost everybody had a sled. And we, t- we took some turtle wax, and we waxed up our saucer that we bought. And Tony bought one in town, so he ended up getting one, you know, for yeah, like five was, bucks or something. He it was, was like 10 yeah. at the Sporting Goods store. Um, so, And I bought a saucer. They had other sleds. They had like the... 
more like the toboggans or whatever, but I figured a saucer would be good enough. That sledding is the best. Yeah, Lexi did it like a million times. Both kids were complaining in the morning. <laughs> they were like, oh, my legs are so sore. Why are my legs so sore? And my foot was sore because of the gra- uh, um, sand on top. It like hardens. And when you run on it, it's like you're running on concrete. Yeah, the kids and Tony went in separate from me one day just to go sledding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we walked out. We found a, our own dune that was pristine, untouched. Untouched, yeah. And it was super tall, peace and quiet. And then there was like a little, it was a tall dune, and there was like a ramp to get up to the top. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, there was like a short side that was easy to climb up. Yeah, that was that was perfect. And when Mom was there to watch us, uh, Dad made like a bump at <laughs> like at, kind of at the end. Yeah, it was called a ramp. Yeah, ramp <laughs> or a launch. Yeah. And every like every time I went off it, I f- I flew through the air. <laughs> I like, and then you landed and you crashed off of your sled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the first time I did that launch, wow! I flew. I actually like flew through the sky. She almost reached the jeep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun sledding. We found some pretty good tall, steep dunes. And uh, the trick is, like, once you go down once or twice, you can kind of make a track. Yeah. And, and once then you it get gets a track, faster. then, yeah, it gets faster. You got to stay on that same track and then don't walk up your track. Yep. Or walk over Or it. don't bail out halfway through and put yeah. your feet in it. <laughs> One of the days we went, we took the dogs and we have a longer leash. <laughs> yeah, we have a 30 foot nylon lead. Yeah, so we were able to, like, stand at the bottom of that dune was 30 feet. Yeah. (laughs) Because you could stand at the bottom of the dune, and Freya could, you know, run all the way up to the top. Yeah, I stood there holding the leash. I stood at the bottom, and Lexi was up there, or someone was up there, and they called her. And they, she ran up there, and I was like, pull me up, Freya. And she'd grab the leash and, like, shake it and, like, pull back. It was funny, and I'm like. Yeah, the dogs were having a good time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're not, you're, I don't know if you're supposed to put a dog on that leash, but I didn't see any six-foot leash. I didn't see anything that said six-foot. It just said they must be leashed. Yeah, and we just made sure we were by ourselves. Like, we were in our own little cubby thing. When we talk about the tour, we're going to talk about these little areas. So we were, our, we were in our own little area. No one was bothered by our dogs, but they were having so much fun. We ended up switching the leashes and letting Elsa do it a couple times, and it was just so funny because they would run up and down the hill, and they would, like, push their face down into the sand. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to see them playing in it. Yeah, so Freya has a black nose. When she went there, she had a white nose. <laughs> yeah. I cleaned her nose off a couple times because it was covered in the sand, and then she instantly got it, dug it right back in. So now I'd like to give you a tour of the park. So when you first drive in to the park, there's one major road. There is another road that we just found out about. We didn't know about it before, but that is ranger-led programs. We'll talk about it later on, Um, but that's in a different section. So the main part of the park is just one main road. When you pull in, the visitor center is on your right, and there's parking on both sides of the visitor center. So there, when you first pull in, there's some RV parking, it looks yep. like. And then there is um, parking on the other side as well. Yeah, the gift shop side has its own parking. And then the visitor center ranger side has its has separate parking. And the visitor center is like right before you enter the park gates. It's outside of the park gates. Yep, and then you hit your entrance gate. And then after that driving a little bit more on the paved road, you're going to come to your first trail. That one's the Playa Trail. It's 0.4 miles. So it's a really quick little trail with some info, what are those, info signs? Um, Interpretive signs. Yes, (laughs) that tell you different things. Um, That one is really cool because it tells you about the, the Playa. And, you know, sometimes it has water, sometimes it has crystals. What was it the day we were there? It was dry. Dry. Dry and white. (laughs) Almost right across from that one is the um, Dune Life Nature Trail. That one has its own little road with a parking lot where the Playa Trail, you just pull off the side of the road into a little parking area. Uh, The Dune Life Nature Trail is about a mile. 
And there's a little bit bigger of a parking area. When you first drive in, you'll see that there's like um, um, the first section is where buses and RVs go around. It, yep, they it's have their own separate cool. loop. Yeah, it's kind of cool how it's set up because they kind of park just off the side of the road. And then the Jeeps and, well, normal cars yep. <laughs> drive straight in and park in like normal parking spots. Um, there is a bathroom there. Yep. And then there's the trail there that's a mile. After the Dune Life Nature Trail on the right again, so it's kind of like trail, 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 <laughs> like going back and forth, um, is the Inner Dunes Boardwalk Trail. And this is under a mile, half mile, right? Point. Yeah, about point four. Yeah, and this is wheelchair accessible because it's an actual boardwalk. It yep. does get slippery if it's wet, so be careful. Um, but it's really cool. It's a beautiful boardwalk that goes out. And there's also bathrooms here, like vault toilet. And it's a huge parking lot. So you could probably fit your RV or whatever there if you're driving the RV through there. If it's not busy. When we first went in there, it was so busy we couldn't even get in. So we yep. went back to it later. Then shortly after that, the pavement actually ends and you're driving on packed sand. Yeah, it was really cool because the, the transition goes from pavement with kind of like white sand dunes on the sides. And early on on that drive... You can see the, the border of the white sand, and it has a lot of vegetation on it. So it oh, doesn't okay. look that special. But as you get further in, the vegetation starts thinning out, and then it's just the pure white. Yeah, so really quick, let's get into a little bit more detail on that because it's really cool. So back by the visitor center and the entrance and all of that, and while you're driving in, you can look off into the distance, and you can see the sand kind of coming out, almost like the sand has moved out. But there's tons of vegetation. At our time, it was yellowish brown. But, mm -hmm. you know, if it just rains or something, it might be greener. Um, but you can see that the sand has come out over the vegetation a little bit. It's just not moving as fast anymore because yep. it's um, on the vegetation. But then as you drive, when you're still on the pavement, there's a couple spots that are just insane. You can't pull over. There's nowhere to pull over. But if you have your camera ready, you can snap a couple cool photos because there's these huge white dunes like coming down onto the road. Right down to the edge, yeah. Yeah, and like almost going onto the road. They it actually to, well, is going onto the road. Parts of it, they have to plow. Yeah, and it was really, really cool to see. Then when you get off of the pavement and you're on to the packed sand, so this is kind of where we just left off, um, this part they do plow. So on the sides of the road, you will see like plowed the mounds, sand. yeah. And it looks, it's like all roughed up just like a snow plow like went through there. Yep. It's crazy. Um, but the pavement ends here. Any car can still go back here. It's just a little rougher, like a dirt road almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, but any, you don't have to have four-wheel drive or anything. You can still have any car. Yeah, for the most part, it's pretty smooth with the little potholes here and there. Yeah, but it's not nothing. like there's any giant rocks here in the dunes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, nothing major. Uh, shortly after the pavement ends, there's a pull-off area where you can do the sunset stroll parking area, and there's a time on the sign. Yep. Um, and that is a ranger-led program. It tells you when to meet up. It's like when we were there, I think it was like 6.15 or so. Yep. It's a 45-minute to an hour stroll. You, you might get to see a sunset depending on when sunset is. Um, and then pets are allowed on that ranger-led program, which is super cool. You just have to make sure they're not distracting, like if we couldn't take like our wild. dogs. wild. <laughs> because Freya's insane. Can't take your wild beast. You yeah. Have have nice dog. Um, and then shortly after that, you enter the loop part of the drive, and it loops around and then comes back to this main road. Uh, when you first get on the loop drive, there's a huge picnic area. Yeah, it's like the there's two picnic areas, the Roadrunner picnic area and the Primrose. And they're kind of connected. And they're really cool. They have these huge, they're like picnic tables, and they have these huge, um, I don't know. Like, it's almost like a little shelter. Yeah, like, um, half shelter. Yeah, yeah. They're really neat to provide some shade with a table. Um, were there, I think there might have been even some barbecue grills out there. Yeah, yeah, I saw some. And there was bathrooms kind of scattered around, so that was nice. In a huge parking lot area, you could definitely have an RV in here. We saw plenty of RVs in yep. this area. We saw some buses. Shortly after that on the loop drive is the amphitheater. Yep, and you can see different events here. I think they have some of the um, moon programs. Like a full moon Yeah, the full moon. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, I saw this, and I don't know how true this is or what this is, but I think they have, like, live music. 
Huh. which is insane for a national park. So I don't know if that's right, yeah. but definitely look it up. We didn't go during a full moon, so it wasn't on our radar, but um, that would be super cool yeah. to see that. So wonder if they would play Enter Sandman. <laughs> and that amphitheater parking lot is gated, so you can't just park in there anytime. It has to be uh, when they have an event there. And also that's the last time we went sledding, uh, there's a pull-off. Right, right across from Yeah, that. right across. That's where we went the last time. Oh, yeah, we should mention that. So along the loop part, there's a lot of little, like, cubbies where you can just kind of pull off to the side of the road. You're not in, in the way of the people driving around the yep. loop, but you can have your own little private cubby where you play on the, the hills. And that's where we were right across from that one of the times that we yep. You'll find the pull-off. It's, like, literally right across from the amphitheater. Yeah. <laughs> Right after that is another trail. This is a little bit longer of a trail. It's a little under five miles at 4.7 miles. That's the Alkali Flat Trail. And that one actually has some elevation gain, too, I think, maybe like 50 or 100 feet. Yeah, it's not too much, but, but I mean, it's you're not walking a, in sand. It's so. not flat yeah. by any means. Well, I mean, it's flatter, but the whole point is you're walking in sand. So yep. I don't know if it's really, I mean, something. Gypsum. Yeah. Five miles. I'm not sure I would want to do a five-mile hike in sand, but yeah. some of you do. Some of you do. Go ahead and do that. I'm I'm going back to the sledding area. <laughs> yeah, not to mention, if you're going to hike here, which means, that means you have to have hiking boots and stuff on, which will immediately fill with sand. Yeah. <laughs> so I preferred to ditch the shoes and just was barefoot for much the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just sand. Gypsum, not sand. <laughs> After that trail, you will find the Yucca picnic area. So there's another picnic area, and there's a horse area where you can take off your horses. Or yeah, like there's a, like a yeah. horse trailer parking area to mm -hmm. stage up because you are allowed to ride horses in this park. You're not allowed to ride them in picnic areas and stuff, but you can ride them on the dunes. Uh, I believe it's a, a free day use permit to ride horses there. And there is a limit, a 10 animal limit. So I have a question about this. Do you have to clean up after them? I don't know. Like, how does that work? I'm do not sure. To, do you only can go in certain areas and there's just, like... Manure? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because you get off your horse and clean it up. and <laughs> like, I don't know that. If you're a horse, if you take horses somewhere, or you're a horse rider or whatever, let us know <laughs> what happens. Stop horsing around. <laughs> All right, let's move on. In that same area is the backcountry camping area. There's also a backcountry camping trail. Yeah, that trail is about 1.8 miles, and I'm sure you probably see the camping spots on that trail. Yep. So you could do the trail and see if you want to camp there someday. Um, but if you're camping there, it's kind of interesting because, number one, it's primitive, which obviously. Yeah, so you're uh, like backpacking in. Yep. Uh, you have, it's permit only, and I think you have to buy the permit that day, and I think it's, you have to buy it right before, so maybe it's busy, maybe a lot of people do this, which is crazy. Uh, you're also locked in the park, and yeah, that, like, freaks me out, because what if you go camping, and then you're like, this is dumb, I don't like this, and you want to leave, yep. you can't. You're there until the morning, and I am one of those people that, like, if I can't do something, I have to do it. So, like, if I can't have water, I need water. <laughs> if I can't have, if I am camping there and I knew that I couldn't leave, I would have to leave and then wouldn't be able to. So, um, you also can't have any campfire. So, you're going to freeze in the middle of the desert. <laughs> so, I don't know how this, this sounds like zero fun. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like a very good camping experience to me. Unless you're in a tent. It said tents are, per, tents are recommended. Like, so some people actually lay out in a, like a... Cowboy camp. Cowboy camp in the pelting sand <laughs> when it gets, like, freezing cold. When there's rattlesnakes. Yeah. yeah. And they say when it's in warmer weather, like summertime, that's when all the snakes and the creepy crawlies are active is at night. Yeah. No, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't even want to sleep in a tent. But the I mean, there's mountain lions. <laughs> But the hike is only 1.8 miles, and it does walk around that area. So instead of camping it, maybe you could just hike it. <laughs> After you finish the backcountry camping area section is when the loop ends and meets back up with the main drive. And then you get back to pavement. Wah, wah. Yeah. 
Another interesting one is actually about 25 miles southwest of the main park. This is what I was mentioning when we started talking about White Sands is there's technically another section. I don't know if there's an entrance there or if it's just like a, um, you know, a little bit of a parking lot. Like a, just a trailhead. Yeah, just a trailhead. Um, but there is a 1.6 mile trail. That's the Lake Lucero path. And it's ranger-led only. So only a few times a year, you have to look on the website, and you can see this under, like, things to do on the National Park site. I'll link it as well. Yeah, when I was looking on the on the site, I think there was only four dates for 2023. One of them might have been March, March and April, and then, like, November. However, if you can plan around it, it looks super cool. It does. Because you actually hike out to the lake, and you can see the crystals, the gypsum crystals, which would be so cool to see. Yeah, because what happens is only if it's, it's recently rained, heavy rain, or a lot of snow melt, that's the only time this lake really has water. Every other time it's dry, and as the water evaporates, it leaves back these, like, selenite crystals, which over time breaks down into the gypsum. But if you look up pictures of this, it's like what it reminds me of is like the old Superman movies where there's crystals <laughs> yes, everywhere. Yeah. And in order to do this ranger led program, you have to purchase tickets. How much did you see how much it was? I didn't. How, is, so it's an extra. It's on recreation.gov. Oh, okay. So it's it's not like a free reservation no. ticket. You have to purchase tickets. Yep. It is really pretty. Once you especially once you get onto the packed sand, it's super cool. Yeah, it is. It is really neat. It's I was pretty shocked, especially seeing the bright sand um, against the blue sky or the road. I mean, it's it's really cool. We got some pretty cool pictures. We'll share the pictures and the post. Um, some of the days that we were there, it was kind of gloomy. And uh, I will say on like an overcast day, the last time we went, it was just pure cloudiness. Yeah. And um, it did look more like a yellow color. It didn't yeah. really have the, like the bright white. But the sunny days, it was insanely oh, yeah. bright, like yes. glasses for sure. Um, but super pretty. I loved it. It was fun. The kids had a lot of fun there sledding. I'm sure they'll talk about that forever. Yeah, we got a lot of, we took a lot of GoPro and slow motion sledding and or when Lexi or rolling I was, down the hills. Or when Lexi and I was going up the hill, mom took a time lapse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Lexi's kind of arms were like going up and down super fast. It was funny. <laughs> I'd say as soon as you can, plan a trip to White Sands because it is very cool. That rhymed. And if you're on a vacation, if you don't have to work and you could go there all day, you could literally do the park in a day. I mean, it's not a big park. It's small. Yeah. Um, and really, I mean, how much sledding could you possibly do? A lot. <laughs> uh, we went multiple times, but of course we go like in the evening or later in the day. We did spend a lot of time there, I think on Saturday or Sunday or something. Yep. Um, like most of the, or like a big portion of the day. Um, but we also went a few times after work and it was fun. So if you're staying, if you're an RV or full timer or you're staying nearby in the camping spot, you know, you could go over multiple times and go sledding. Cause it was, it was fun. It was fun watching the kids. You could take your camping chairs and set your camping chairs yep. up and just let the kids go wild. The dogs <laughs> and the kids slept so good while we were there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did I. Yeah. The kids were complaining that their muscles were sore. Yeah. yeah. Like. My foot and right legs. now, like my wrist hurts my from calf. like climbing, climbing up. <laughs> Dad said it was my muscles building up, but it felt like they were building down, <laughs> tearing off. Yeah. Well, this is a, another super long podcast, so let's wrap this up now. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 <laughs> Why are you smiling? Was that dorky? Bye. I was waiting for you to say, and that's the rest of the story. Lexi, stop. <laughs> so I am going to link. Stop, Lexi. <laughs> I felt like I was in Red Dawn. <laughs> there were... Is everyone done making bodily fluid noises? <laughs> <laughs> One shot. One opportunity. Yep. One slash. <laughs> or wherever you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs>
okay, but we got you. I got you. Just don't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> We're already to that spot. No, you can add. Enter this behind. Go ahead. We forgot about okay. you. Because you weren't breathing in the mic telling us. So is that where the phrase, too tall for your britches, comes from? That's not a phrase, honey. It's not a phrase. No. <laughs> what is too big. Phrase? Too big for your britches. So I didn't look. I didn't look at those. Why did everyone honk right here? I have no idea. <laughs> um, with really cool bike racks. Oh, yeah. We should have stopped and asked them about it. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> I remember that conversation. <laughs> Is the Ampha... Ampha... I'll you looked that. right at me. Amphitheater. <laughs> Amphitheater. Are, so real quick, this isn't part of the podcast, but are we going to like do anything, like talk, say, like my birthday's in eight days? Or no, are we gonna do that nobody cares. 